enlightening, informative, sexy, and fun. Welcome to Looking for Love with your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Dr. Lori will help you find the love you desire and show you how to have more love and passion in your life. Whether you're single, dating, in a relationship, married, or going through a breakup or divorce, Dr. Lori is here to help. This is Looking for Love, and here's your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Welcome. You are listening to Looking for Love. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Today, we are talking about talking. Communication, one of the biggest complaints I hear or things that people are struggling with in their relationships is communication. And that goes whether you are meeting somebody new, how do you communicate with them, and how do you commute with somebody that you're living with. So I am joined today by my co-host, Mark Phelan. He's back. Hey, Mark. I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? (laughs) Yes, I was. Most of us know the right way to communicate. We know the rules. Use I language. Count to three. We know these rules, and yet we don't practice them. They're much easier said than done. In fact, when we are communicating with somebody who can push our buttons which usually is a romantic partner or a child often too. They can push our buttons in ways that no one else can. We find ourselves getting reactive and we don't have control over the things that we say. At least it feels that way. And it's true. We just get reactive. Our prefrontal cortex stops working and we say things that we can't even believe are coming out of our mouth. And we do need to learn how to manage those emotions and to manage those reactions. So instead of being reactive... We can be responsive, right? Has it ever happened to you? Never. (laughs) I mean, like daily, maybe. No, I I love the consequence of getting to know someone on a more personal, intimate level. But then you get to know all the foibles, the pluses and the minuses, and you are just zoomed in. If you want to go for the kill, you go for the kill. Right. And that's the hard part. We know how to push buttons of somebody that we care about. And sometimes when we feel hurt, consciously or not, we want to say something that's going to hurt them back. It's just a defense mechanism. Just just, just a vent. And so you're the closest person. Guess what? I get to unload. And then it has to be, then it turns, why are you taking that out on me? I'm not taking it on you. I'm just taking it out, period. Yeah, but it can be problematic. So the old saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Like that's a bunch of crap. Go to the ER. Sticks and stones can really hurt. Exactly. It's true. You break a bone, you can put a cast on that will mend. Mm -hmm. But the words... You never forget oh, those words. So branded. You, you never want to say anything that you really are going to regret because you cannot take it back. Yeah. What's that expression? You can't unring that bell? Yes. There it is. It's true. And we add that with when we get reactive and our higher functioning brain isn't working, we feel like we don't have control. The truth is we do have control, but you have to learn how to manage that. Mm -hmm. And there's some truth to some of these rules that we know about. The counting to three. Counting to three may not be quite enough, but what we do want... thirty. Yeah, at least. What we do want to learn how to do is to get ourselves to a calmer state before we say anything. So we might have that initial reaction and we want to just start screaming, right? It looks like fight or flight Mm -hmm. or freeze when we want to start screaming or we just want to leave. And sometimes we don't leave physically. We'll just leave you know, mentally, we're there looking right at our partner and, you know, it's, it's the old, like, wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, how does it go? <laughs> you know, the, 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 
peanuts thing. We don't hear anything. We really don't hear anything. We, and the truth is we're just thinking about what we want to say anyways. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that state, the best thing to do is take a time out, do some breathing, do something that's going to calm you down. And that could be take a walk. It could be listen to some music. It could be to talk to yourself and remember that this is actually a person who you love and who loves you. You're both right now just in pain. Is that a good idea? It's almost like, okay, here's a perfect metaphor is, is a boxing match. You're watching, okay, ding, they get in the round. But at some point when that ding stops, you walk away, go back to your own corner. The fighting is over for that moment. Yeah. Is it a good idea to plan that ahead of time? Just saying, if we ever have an argument, one of us can say, I'm walking away right now, but not ignoring them and not inciting them by walking, which I'm stepping away right now. Yes. I'm walking out of the room and we'll reconfigure this in 10 or 20 minutes or whatever. But as far as is just separating yourself, because sometimes that's just, you have to do that. Yes, and that is a great thing that you brought that up, because that is exactly what I teach my couples to do. You know, my couples, <laughs> you know, my clients who come in to talk to me. So I like to recommend that they have some kind of a signal word mm-hmm. or um, you know, safe word or some kind of a signal. And basically what that means is, whatever that word is, let's just say it's banana. When they say banana, what they're really saying is, I love you, but right now I am so emotionally flooded that I cannot say anything loving right now. And if I do say anything, you know, I'm going to regret it. So I need to take some time away so I can calm down so we can have a good conversation about this. And that's basically what's going on. But you can't say it in that moment. So that's why just having that word is a really good idea. Is it better to have something a little more obscure? Instead of saying, oh, did you get the bananas? What? What's wrong? What did I say? No, no, I'm talking about real bananas. It really doesn't matter what the word is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in the context of what's right. going on. I like to suggest a word that has some some kind of meaning for them that would make them smile. It has some kind of levity. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is that they have that that agreement, right? It's that agreement. It's not like a sex safe word. Right. You know, you're not where you you don't want the sex safe word to be no or stop because you want to be able to say that, you know, in the context of lovemaking and have it be where they don't. So it's a little bit different than that. But yeah, you're using it in the context. And again, what it means is I just need some time right now to calm down because I love you and I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret. However, it does need to be followed up with when you're going to re-meet when you're mm-hmm. going to talk again. So mm-hmm. if you just, typically people say, and with all the, the best intentions, like I need a timeout right now, or right. I don't want to talk about this right now. And that just feels dismissive. Yeah. So that's why it's good to have right. that agreed upon word and then follow it up with, you know what, let's meet back here, you know, in an hour. You want to give yourself at least 30 minutes. You really need time to get to a mm-hmm. calmer place. Sometimes you may need a whole day. So you may need to sleep on it. And you know, oftentimes when you wake up the next morning, things they're not quite as bad as they seemed the night before. And it's okay to go to bed angry, you know, contrary to popular belief. We talked about that on a show before. That's the bailout room, right? Good idea to have. <laughs> um, you can. I mean, if, you, if it works for you to sleep in another room or have your partner sleep in another room, if that's something that you agree on that feels good for you. I mean, ideally, it would be nice for you to be able to sleep in the same room. Look, it, the truth is, is even though you're angry at your partner, you still love them. Mm-hmm. And again, you need to figure out what works for you. But like you said, having that conversation ahead of time is the best thing that you can do. And remember, when you do take that time away, 
you're not going to ruminate and think, oh, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he said that. He's always, you know, we could right. do that. We could just go sure. there and we could just spin it even worse, right? We can go down that hole. So you want to take that time to soothe yourself, right? Self-soothing mm-hmm. is a wonderful skill. It can come in handy many times in our life. And, you know, some of the self-talk. I know that right now he or she is is really hurt and that's where this is coming from or they're misunderstanding me or I'm misunderstanding them. You know, the world is not coming to an end. All is well. We're just having a fight. And if you've had a lot of history together, it's a little bit easier. So that is an important thing to be able to do. I do want to talk about communication when you are meeting somebody, perhaps for the first time. You know, maybe it's a blind date or maybe it's you just started dating that person. I mean, what's been your experience with that? Have you had any challenges? I I think my brain always goes into uh, kind of audition mode. You know, I'm trying to be clever and, and sweet and attentive. I put the little Rolodex in my head of I'm going to put forth my best possible face. Yeah. Literally. So I can then find out if this is someone that I'm going to want to spend time with again. I usually use a barometer of humor. If they don't laugh at silly jokes, I'm in trouble. Yeah, well, well, they're in trouble. They're exactly. done, right? Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, it's I. you always want to be on your kind of best behavior. The first time you meet somebody, and if they just decide, which has happened to me once, on a first eHarmony date, woman just went off on this ex-boyfriend for like 20 minutes, and I'm just oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Uh, yeah, you definitely do not want to be talking about your ex or exes, especially what was wrong with them. That, that definitely would not be a good idea. And you mentioned, which is, I think, a really great thing to point out, we want to be our best selves. We obviously want to impress this person, right? We want to do that. And I think men are, are a little bit worse in this area than, than women, although I'm sure women do it too. Wanting to impress the person, telling them the places they've gone and the things they do and talking about themselves, right? To, to let that person oh, know sure. how wonderful they are mm-hmm. while they're not even interested or appearing right. to be interested in what their partner thinks or says or does. And I'll tell you, you will be much more attractive if you are curious about them. Not that you don't disclose anything about yourself. It's like that fine dance. But you want to know when you leave that date, you want to be able to have some good information about this person. And I'm not talking about an interrogation, right? There does need to be some back and forth communication. But there are some people who struggle with communication, especially when they're nervous. And a lot of people are nervous on a first date or a second date. You know, so it's having that communication. So if somebody asks you a question, you answer them. And then you can ask them the same question. Yeah, what about you? Sure. Now, that seems like such a natural common sense thing, yet it doesn't always take place. What's that expression is, okay, enough about me. Why don't you talk about me? (laughs) Exactly. Or you ask somebody a question and they answer, and then you can ask another question. Really? So what was that like? Sure. How did that feel? That's the key, too, is you want to fudge just a little. If they start talking about the salon they went to and they had the best facial at least mildly pretend to be interested for a minute. Well, and you can find something that you are interested in. Yeah. Wow, so that's really interesting. So you like going to spas and you like getting facials. What other things do you do to take care of yourself? It might be mildly entertaining. <laughs> or what is it you like about those things? Yeah. Get curious. Sure. Be interested. You don't have to be as interesting as you are interested to make a good impression. 
Yeah, just be yourself. Yeah, I know. Because you don't want to put off this fantastic aura. Like if I'm talking about I speak five languages, well, sooner or later I'm going to get busted because I don't. Well, even if you do, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares, really. I mean, they really don't. Mm -hmm. They will be much more impressed with you if you are interested in them. I promise you that is true. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, just asking them question after question after question and not offering anything about yourself. You do also want to be open about yourself. Because that's important too. You want them to have some knowledge about you. But you know, if you go out with somebody and you can say at the end of that date, you know what? They know nothing about me. It's not necessarily a good sign. It's possible that that person was really nervous, especially, you know, men, you know, they want to say all these things that they do and they want to impress us. They don't know any better sometimes. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we want to write them off. We might want to give them a second chance if there's enough good stuff there. Sure. You know, and, and really be, I think be not only just be yourself, but be open minded that you might be turned on to a different, say they're talking about a style of music or a particular kind of art. And at first, it doesn't spark any interest, but be open minded enough to listen to how they talk about it. Maybe they're going to turn your head and realize, oh, I never thought of it that way. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can explore stuff together because yeah. you don't want to go down a list of 10 things. And if you don't have any of these interests, check, please. Right, because they can turn you on to something and you can share your interest and learn things from one another. And exactly. that's exactly right. And again, if you have a different opinion, you just be interested in that. Wow, I never thought of it like that. I think of it this way. And you want somebody who is able to accept that you have a different opinion mm-hmm. without getting argumentative or defensive. So you can really learn a lot about a person right away in the way that they communicate. I know I've gone out to dinner parties with other couples and I've never met them before. And, you know, I'm obviously very aware of a good way to communicate. I'm also actually really interested in learning a lot about other people. So I'm good at asking questions, but it's amazing to me how oftentimes I will leave a dinner party and I will say, they know nothing about me. Mm -hmm. They don't know what what I do, they don't know what I think, they know nothing. It's amazing to me because, you know, if they knew, they would have had a really good time. They could have asked me some really good questions. Well, it's very true. true. And that's the people that are so self-centered, their own world is all they care about. And then that's going to be a tough nut to break. Yeah, exactly. So just be mindful of, of how to communicate. And that is also true with people that we're in a relationship with, even if we've been in a relationship with them a long time. Being curious, being interested are great skills to be able to carry through. And oftentimes couples, they lose that interest or curiosity, not because they're bad people, because they think they know everything about their partner because they've been with them for five years, 10 years, 30 years. Like, well, I already know. I already know what he's going to say. I already know what she's thinking. I already know everything about them. And that's absolutely false. And it's very frustrating if you actually come up with, I read this great book and somebody told me about this great thing. Let me tell you. Nah, yeah, I know about it. I know about it. Really? Do you know the words that are going to come out of my mouth? You're being dismissed. And being dismissed is a very demeaning kind of feeling. You like, it's almost like somebody snaps their fingers, you know, shoo, just go away. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not interested in what we have to say, it doesn't attract us to them. Yeah. If they don't care how, what we have to say, then they don't care what you feel either. Exactly. Then you can keep that yeah. downward spiral going down. And again, that may not actually be true, but it true. feels that mm-hmm. way. It definitely feels that way. The truth is we don't know everything about our partner. I don't care how long we've been with them for uh, many reasons. One is we are constantly changing. Right. And the other thing is we don't even know everything about ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's always new things to discover and learn about us and the things that we're interested in. 
And, you know, being able to, again, we talk about just healthy, fun, effective communication. When your partner says something, to be interested means asking them a question about that. Really? Oh, I did read that book. I'm wondering what your opinion was on it. What did you get from it? Being interested. And isn't it a good idea as well if someone has a passion or an interest, a hobby that they just adore, and you don't, well, allow them to have the time to do that. Don't say, yes. well, you like it. Well, I don't like it, so you're not going to do it anymore. Right, right. Uh, it's like watching sports, like football <laughs> season. Saturday afternoon, pretty much everyone I know knows I like to watch college football. It's my favorite thing in the world. If someone said, I hate football, I don't want you to watch it more, let's go shopping, there's going to be problems. Because it's like, look, I, you can do whatever you want. Go out with your friends, have a great day. But just this little couple hours... This is my thing. You want to honor your partner. And if they're excited talking about something and it gives them passion, even though you don't, you don't care or you're not interested in the topic, you can be interested and enjoy their enthusiasm mm-hmm. about it. And yeah, there probably are some things to learn. Sure. But just to, with, just to enjoy the enthusiasm and to give them that space to talk about it because you know how happy it makes yep. them and to show some interest in it. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a gift that you're giving them, Mm -hmm. but it's also a gift you're giving yourself because guess what? They're going to listen to you when you're talking about things that give you pleasure that they're not interested in either. And that's what we do as couples, right? right? So to be able to do that. And again, whether you are meeting somebody for the first time or for the thousandth time, being curious is a wonderful thing, whether you're talking about things that you enjoy or if you're having a disagreement, Mm -hmm. to be curious about that. Each person has their own subjective reality. We can get in the mindset of win and lose, right and wrong, and that never works in a relationship. So when we can realize that our partner definitely has a different experience and understanding of this conversation than I do, it's easier to say that when you're not right in it, which is why it's good to take that time out. We can get curious about that. Wow, so I can see you're really upset, and I I want to know what upset you so much. I had no intention to upset you. Help me understand Mm -hmm. what I said or did that's upsetting you. Man, that will go so far right there. So really just working together in your communication and being understanding, listen to understand, not to agree necessarily, because you're probably not. You don't have to agree about everything, as long as you can understand your partner's perspective. And if you can't communicate effectively, there's no way you can then come up with a comparable compromise. So... If you really want to do something, I don't. Well, you can do this and I can do it. Is there any way we can find common ground? The things like weddings of relatives, things like that. Okay, I don't care. It's the best game in the world. Tape it. You're not going to say, uh, oh, where's the hubby? Where's the, the old man? Oh, he's watching a game. Really? I'm getting married. That's doesn't count. So there's a compromise for communication. When you're actually going to talk to each other about what is important, you got to know there's parameters you can work around as well. Yeah. And it's semantics. I know, but what you're saying is the same thing I'm going to say. I'm just going to use different words. I hate the word compromise and everyone uses it. And again, it's semantics because I think we're saying the same thing, but when I hear the word compromise, and I think some people feel this way too, it kind of means, look, you want Chinese food. I want Italian food. Let's compromise and let's just get Mexican food. In other words, nobody necessarily gets what they want. So what I like to call it is give and take. In other words, You want Chinese food, I want Italian food, and right now, like, you are just 
dying for Chinese food. I want Italian food, but you know what? It's not, to me right now, as important as your craving for Chinese food. Mm -hmm. So I can say from a place of love and generosity, giving, not compromising. This is total giving from a place of love. Hey, you know what? I can see you are just dying for some Chinese food and it has been a while. Let's go to Chinese food tonight. And the next time we go out, we'll go out for Italian food. What do you think? Mm -hmm. So that's a give and a take. And we do that all the time in relationships. But you don't think that is the definition of compromise? It's what I said before. It may mean the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. To me, this is just, it's semantics. It's in my mind, and I do think that people get a different feeling. There's something more positive and loving and generous about, hey, Give from this place of, I'll do this for you, and you do this for me. That's give and take, which is different than, let's compromise. Let's compromise to me. And again, I'm not saying it isn't the same thing. I'm real big on words. I think Mm -hmm. words have so much power. So compromise feels like you're giving something up. Sacrifice, compromise. They feel like you're giving something up. And by the way, we do need to give things up sometimes. But the give and take while you are, while I'd be giving up my Italian food, I like to look at it as I am loving you right now because Chinese food is so important. And that I can feel good about that. I feel mm-hmm. good about giving you Chinese food tonight because I know how happy it's going to make you. And hopefully you'll be very appreciative. And next time, you know, it's going to be my choice. So it it is that... It's just sort of a, a flow in a relationship. And again, you take, think about it moment by moment, decision by decision, Chinese food, Italian food, doesn't really make a difference. But when you think about the long term of a loving relationship, the idea of give and take and understanding that we always want to do things that feel good for us. We never want to do anything we don't want to do. Right. And sometimes compromise feels that way. Give and take, you're always doing it from love. You don't want to say, okay, fine. You know what? Fine. We'll do Chinese food and then be the martyr, right? Like, right. Oh, I can't believe we're having Chinese food again. No, and then every bite just sucks. <laughs> right. And even, if, and even if you're not saying it out loud, if you're kind of thinking to yourself, you know, he always gets his way. We always go where he wants to go. It's just a different mindset. And I always like to think about doing things from a place of love, from a place of generosity. Yes, it's very giving. It's very kind. But we do get a lot from it when we do mm-hmm. it. The joy of giving... And also, we have a partner who is probably going to be more generous in giving as well. And so, appreciate the gesture, too. That's well, important. appreciation is always important. Now, That's a whole a, other show, right? Could you have like a calendar? Say, okay, Friday, uh, I wanted the Chinese, you're Italian. Put a little check for you. A little initial check means next time's my turn. I mean, just you, as a reminder. You can. I think that can get dangerous. I think it can work sometimes. You just have to, again, it's always finding what works for you. I have couples who they'll have, you know, date nights and they have a date night every week. So the first and third week of the month or Friday of the month, one person will do the planning and then the second and the fourth, the other one will do the planning. So that's sort of like a ritual. Mm -hmm. It's not as much as let's keep tabs about who, who did what. If it's a ritual and it's a plan that works for you too, then it's a wonderful thing, sort of designed. But if you're keeping tabs, okay, you know, how many times we did this for you and now we got to do it for me. It looks the same from the outside. So many things do. They look the same from the outside, but where is it coming from? Mm -hmm. Like, what is, is this something that's coming from a place of love and generosity? Is this something that is feeding the relationship as opposed to taking something away and deteriorating or, or being destructive in the relationship. And that, those are the things to think about. What we call it, how we do it, 
isn't as important as how it feels for us in that process. Mm -hmm. So those are things that couples can figure out if they can have conversations about it, which is always a good thing, having a conversation about that. Expanding the horizons. I mean, I, I don't particularly like spicy food. So if someone says, oh, we're going to an Ethiopian restaurant, I'd be going, okay, then maybe I'll eat a big lunch and I'll just snack on something. I won't forego the evening, but it's not my kind of food. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say another important thing. Actually, I think we'll probably talk about this in more depth next week because it deserves a show of its own. Communication, we could talk about it you know, for 10 weeks in a row. We won't. <laughs> but I do think we'll talk about it next week, too. But one thing I do want to say, for people who, with good intentions, say no when they really want to say yes, or yes when they really want to say no, that just leads to resentment. I mean, it leads to resentment. It leads to disconnection in a relationship. So so the example that you just gave, you said, yeah, okay, you know, she wants Ethiopian. She knows I don't like spicy food, but fine, I'll go. I'll just, I'll just, I'll, you know, again, good intentions. I'll just eat a big lunch and, you know, I'll find something that I'm going to like. So really you want to say no. That's really what you want to say. But with good intentions, you say yes. And maybe that happens, you know, once a week, five times a week. It happens more than it needs to. And what that's going to do is Again, nobody's fault. You have good intentions. She doesn't know the difference. You're not saying to her what's going on. So she thinks you're happy and fine. And then one day, you know, she says, I want to go to Thai food. And you lose your shit, right? (laughs) And she's like, Mm -hmm. what? What? You're like, you know what? You always get to go where you want. You know I hate spicy food. And we always go to spicy food. That's not fair to anybody. It's just sort of, it can only stay there for so long. It starts to build up. So it is really important to be able to say no when it is a no. Yes, if you can give from that place of love Mm -hmm. and say yes, because you know you want to make your partner happy, that's a great thing. But if you are not honoring your own needs and wants or expressing them to your partner, you're not doing the relationship really any good. Is that passive aggressive? It can be passive aggressive. Yeah. If you say yes, when you mean no, for example, uh, hi, honey, can you pick up the milk when you come home? Sure. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't have time to pick up any milk. She doesn't know how busy I am. But you say yes, because... You think you're going to probably do it. Maybe not, but you don't want to have a confrontation. And you get home and she's like, where's the milk? And you're like, oh, I forgot. So it's not dealing with something directly. And when that happens over and over again, it destroys any kind of trust. Mm -hmm. Basically, the message is you can't count on me. Right. And she doesn't know why. She just thinks you're unreliable. She just thinks you don't care. If you were able to say, no, here's why. Here's what I can do. Would you mind doing it this time? It would be a very different situation. So a lot of these things people get away with. It works okay at the beginning of a relationship, right? Good intentions. I love her. I love him. I'm going to do these things to make him happy, make her happy. And then you go on like that for a while, no problem, until there is. Next thing you know, you're feeling resentful. You're feeling disconnected. You're not having sex anymore. So things will start to, these things will start to destroy a relationship slowly over time. So communication, you know, it's said that is the cornerstone of relationships. Mm-hmm. It is. Sure. Right? But we also have to know what we're feeling. Well, that's exactly what we do. And when we see couples in therapy, that's exactly what we're trying to get them to do. You either communicate more effectively or communicate at all. 
Right, right. Exactly. I mean, just, okay, well, sit in the corner, sit in the corner, don't say anything, okay? But not saying anything is communicating, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a big giant F you. <laughs> exactly. So it's effective communication. Yeah. That's but the key word. destructive communication. Oh, yeah. There's nothing positive about sitting there. We've all done it. Oh, yeah. We all do it. And yep. just to understand what we're doing that is being destructive, mm -hmm. what we could be doing better is really important. So hopefully we've been able to say some things today that you can look at yourself and go, hmm, maybe, maybe this is something that I need to take a look at. Mm -hmm. And by the way, some of these things are not so easy, especially if these are habits that you've had for your whole lifetime. Mm -hmm. How do you make those changes? It's not easy. Let us know. Yeah, definitely. But I'm going to say just because it's difficult, that doesn't mean that you don't want to do it. Is there something worthwhile in learning how to effectively communicate? Absolutely. And it goes for everything in life. I mean, it isn't just couples. Think, yeah. about, it. Think about the workforce and the yes. jobs and the boss and all. Yeah. Children, friends. Yeah. We want to be able to communicate as clearly and honestly as we can and effectively. And when we do that, our lives and our relationships, they change drastically. So your action step for today is to take a look at what are some ineffective communication habits that you have. Do you say no when you really mean yes? Do you say yes when you really mean no? Do you fly off the handle and say things that you regret saying later? Do you not say anything when you really want to say something, but you're afraid of upsetting your partner? Are you curious enough? These are things to take a look at. Find one area in your life, in your relationships that you can improve upon. And that's your action step. Just do one thing. So maybe it's to ask your partner some questions about some things to be interested. Where do you want to be living in five years? Do you ever imagine living somewhere else? Uh, what hopes and dreams do you have that you haven't told me about? Is there something about you that I don't know? I really want to know. Get interested. And you'll find that it can really open up some good conversations and can create a lot of intimacy. So that's your action step for Fabulous. today. Yeah. So next week we are going to be talking a little bit more about communication, taking it to another level. And then the week after that, we're going to be answering the listener questions. We're starting to get some and I want to answer them because we did promise that we would do that. Absolutely. Again, any questions, any comments, please send them to me. You can just go to my website, drlauriebuckley.com. That's D-R-L-O-R-I-B-U-C-K-L-E-Y.com. And you can connect to me through there on my email and to Mark if you want to send him something too. And we look forward to reading them and to hearing them. Again, it could just be a comment, something that you've learned from the show, an experience that you've had, or again, any question. Nothing is off the table. You can ask anything and we will answer them all. So again, I thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mark, for being here. And that's our show. My pleasure. See you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.